Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. It is Monday, November 13th, and it's been a crazy 24 hours around here, man. I'll tell you what, I drove all the way down to Houston. I had to go watch a rock concert. Red was playing a phenomenal show. My buddy's Kingdom Collapse had a great show. Uh, got a chance to go hang out with a good friend of mine uh, for dinner that night. Driving back into town, and I had a blowout on the highway coming back. Oh. Yeah. I, I lost uh, lost my front, uh, my front driver's side tire um, as I was coming back into College Station. But at least I was able to get back into town. Got an Uber back to the house and got a fresh set of tires this morning. In addition to getting a windshield replaced last week and getting a headlight replaced last week. So my truck has been falling apart. That's dude. Having a blowout on a tire is legit. One of my like only fears when driving. Cause there's no, there's nothing I can do to control it. Right. Pretty, pretty terrifying stuff. It's not good, but other than yeah. that, nothing else. No, other than that, nothing really happened. Yeah, nothing really else happened. Yeah, I would. No, I think it was Cowboys a, won. Yeah, Cowboys demolished the Giants. Hey, Steelers Ooh. beat the Packers. You know, uh, Liverpool took care of business against Brentford, which I was very happy to see. West Ham beat Forest. Yeah, old Nottingham yeah. Forest. It's always a good time. So, yeah, yeah, other that, was, that, that was actually a really good match. Um, and yeah. then the match. Well, we'll get, we can get into Premier League because I, I feel like there's some stuff we can actually talk about this weekend right. or uh, this week on the yeah. show. Yeah. Um, uh, but by the way, yes, we know we are fully aware of what's going on with the situation. We've just been joshing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's we might get into that too. Um, I mean, I, you know, just obviously, I, the headline of the weekend obviously is Army beating Holy Cross. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean. Uh, Maybe, maybe that's not it. Oh, I'm Roy, by the way. Class of 15, Roy May. Fighting Texas A, Class 15, and this yeah. is the Red Ass Podcast. Yep, I'm Rob White, Class of 14, and yes, we are going to go ahead and get into it. It is Monday, and we've had a firing. We've had, well, apparently, we've had two. I mean, Zach Arnett at Mississippi State. I so, saw I, that, too. I've seen this a ton uh, already this morning. Is this the first time after a football game that both coaches got fired, like, midseason? Yeah. Uh, I've never heard it happening before this. And um, I mean, at least with Jimbo's situation, as you know, if the rumors have been floating around are all accurate, uh, the decision was made on a Thursday, so it really didn't matter. But it certainly felt like Mississippi State's was reactionary to the afterwards. Regardless. Man, uh, them firing Arnett, I got to be honest. Uh, don't get me wrong. Mississippi State is not good this year. I totally understand that. But like the mm-hmm. dude – you got to give him time, man. Like, first of all, he was thrust into this coaching situation. Yep. I mean, I mean, granted, they'd still select him to be, to to be there, but like, he was put into this situation that is wildly unique. I mean, the head coach before you passes away and you take over the program. Yeah. Um, but he's you got to give him a little bit of leeway, man. You can't yeah. him in the middle of his first. Well, I mean, near the end of his first season, but yeah. I mean. Come on, man. Now, granted, we talked about this. I still don't understand why he didn't maintain the air raid. I still, I will never understand that as long as I live. No. Um, and maybe it was them seeing the writing on the wall with what he was trying to implement and them realizing that there's just no, I don't know. I, I, I certainly don't claim to, to know the minds of Mississippi State boosters and, and Mississippi State as a university or athletic department, but no, I, I thought that was a little, little nutso, little, 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 little bit of more of a knee jerk than ours was. I mean, yeah, canning a guy after 11 games total, or is it only 10? I mean, like, did he – he didn't Not have a full season. On. How about that? Yeah, I'd say less than a season of play, and you're in a situation where the guy – I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do this year. There's not much that he can do. Yes, I understand, you know, recruiting and all these other things. Those are factors that take time. And you're not giving him even a little bit of time, or maybe they had somebody else in mind, and this was just a holdover. I don't know for sure. Or the heavy rumor, which I don't know if I agree with it or not, but I still think it's hilarious, which is the idea of Jimbo Fisher just hopping over a couple of states, jumping over to Mississippi. And 
I will say this. I don't necessarily agree with the thought process. However, in my heart of hearts, the one thing I would love to see is a Lane Kiffin-Jimbo Fisher rivalry in Mississippi for the Egg Bowl. Oh, my God. Well, dude, that's never going to happen. First of all, if I'm Jimbo, I'm still sitting in the deer blind, probably working on my working on my second bottle of bourbon at this point. Oh, no doubt. Because, I mean, I don't know that's necessarily a relief, but, you know, people always have to understand, like, Jimbo's a competitive guy. You know, I'm sure there's parts of him where he's a little ashamed about what happened and how it all played out. Um, You know, you don't get to that level without being somebody that wants to win and wants to win all the time. Mm -hmm. And he's been to the top of the mountain, too. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that, I don't know when the next time we'll see Jimbo, but I can't imagine he'll be resurfacing in Starkville. That's for sure. I highly doubt that. That's why when the rumors were coming around, I said, eh, probably not. No, I mean, yeah, would we love to see those two just go at each other to, you know, to eternity? Sure, why not? Because it's entertaining. Sure. But, uh, you know, it's probably not going to happen. Probably not. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we see the, you know, the news break. Uh very early on Sunday morning and kind of mixed reactions from a lot of people, some relief, some frustrations, some uh, just back and forth between certain players, former players being pro it, some against it. And then a lot of current players, it's just a lot of reactions. And that's something that's just so common with every well, single time we see this situation take place. Everybody's going to have an opinion. It's, it's- yeah. Fully noted that people in the national media love to dump on us. So you knew all those opinions were coming, including that just moron in San Antonio that just thinks, you know, is under the impression that there's no reason for us to think that we can ever win. Like those are the laziest takes on the face of the planet. The other lazy take will be, you know, when they jumped on us and they said we bought the class. And then if we see players leave, then it's they either came for the money or they didn't. So which is it going to be? So you're going to have these people literally backtracking on their own narratives. Like, if we bought the class, then they shouldn't care who's in charge, right? Right. So maybe maybe we didn't buy the class. Maybe Jimbo was right, you know? Everybody's well, playing the NIL game, and it's just such a lazy take, for, from a especially from a national perspective. Like, you and me sitting around on this, you know, if we want to harp on that a little bit, that's fine. But you and I don't have exactly the sources that national writers should, should and do have. And no. So for them to have those lazy narratives drives me batty. Well, and the narrative that always floats around, and we've been seeing it, and I will say Josh Pay uh, taught, you know, really tapped in on this recently. But the idea of like, what is the prestige of a program in terms of like, you know, what, how good is a coaching job? And if you look at Texas A&M, right, obviously we have the resources, we do have the facilities, everything is there, the fan base is there. You had 103,000 people in the building to watch a five and four team play a four and five team in nasty weather, we're loyal. You know, <clears throat> like the, that's well, not a question. You know, A and M to a, to a yeah. fault sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah, loyal to a fault. Regardless, A and M has all the pieces there, and I think Josh hit it on the head, which was basically since 2012, 13, when Johnny was here, <clears throat> it kind of elevated A and M in terms of what the potential of the program could be in the eyes of, you know, the national opportunities for big head coaches. And I think he said it perfect. We just didn't get the right guy, unfortunately. I love Jimbo Fisher as a guy. I think he's got a lot of good things going about him. I, and I'm really glad about this particular point. Our boosters did not try to go backdoor shady crap trying to try to dig up some old bones that like weren't there. Yeah, yeah, crap. Right. Yeah, to try to weasel out of the contract. They just said, nope, here's your check. Have fun. Right. At least they did that. Well, I mean, and you know, how do you go about firing a coach? You just kind of do it. Um, there's I mean, no good there's, way to fire a person, you know? No, generally it's not very fun. It's certainly not comfortable. But, oh. you know, and that kind of, you know, that leads us into, you know, what's next, right? Sure. Um, and, and, well, and one thing Josh Pate said, I think, uh, as fans, because – Fans are so fanatic <clears throat> and they're very emotional. So anybody outside of AM, when he says something like this, they're not going to believe it, but it's it's reality. And and, and we're probably guilty of it too. Sure. But if like like a, the value of a coaching job at a school is is really like that value comes from what what is believed in the coaching world. Mm-hmm. 
Like, don't worry about what you think is a fan or some stupid sports writer. The value of a job is is perceived and accurately perceived by the coaching world. Mm-hmm. If that came open, would you want to coach there? What kind of job is that really? And the coaches are the ones that are going to be able to tell you honestly the truth because mm-hmm. fans are always going to be emotional about it, whereas coaches just see schools as opportunities to win or lose. Yeah. And so co- coaches look at it from a professional kind of standpoint, which means what we think, feel, or hope about any sort of program doesn't matter. Right. It just doesn't like we can sit here and say, I'd, I'd never coach there. Yeah, well, you would because you're a fan. You just like you're you're not looking at it from. From the professional perspective, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest, given an opportunity, the University of Texas called me to be a coach over there. Would I take it? Yes. For two reasons. One, you know, it's going to pay. But two, it's a great time. Great chance to tank them. Well. But yes, we like, yeah, we'd love to be the mole, right? Right. But, but regardless, the point being, Texas is a good place to coach, whether we want to admit to it or not. Yeah. Well, Texas, good job. Te- yeah. I mean, there are a handful, I would say like, you know, 15 to 18 schools in the country that are all super high profile places that, if applied correctly, could be massively huge programs. You saw it very recently happen with Georgia as. Pate was talking about it but three decades where they were more or less i wouldn't call them a laughing stock but they were kind of a middle of the road sec team you know they weren't very competitive for titles and then all they, it took was they never had terrible seasons they just kind yeah. of wore it was like eight win rigged it was like yeah, eight it, nine wins it was like us essentially in in a lot of in a lot of eyes so they go and get the right coach at yeah, the right time the right mm-hmm. and you're seeing the fruit of their labor. They're very competitive, winning national titles, and very quickly taking over the college football world in terms of what people think is like the premier program now. All it takes is just having the right guy. Now the question is, who is he? Well, no, it, it takes more than that. But it I does. Think, I think the dozen or so programs that are truly committed to it have everything else. So right. you know, when you when you if you gloss over, and I'm not saying like like gloss, but you know if if you already have the facilities and the support and the fan base, and you already have that in the bag, I think you're talking about a dozen, maybe dozen and a half programs. Like you said, 15, 18 programs around the nation. Maybe. Where yeah. you get the right guy in, they're just going to win. Yeah. And Georgia is a great example of that because Georgia, yep. they were never a doormat. No. They just couldn't get over the hump. And it's exactly like Texas A&M where mm-hmm. we find ourselves now. Like we just cannot get over the hump. And that's why Jimbo ultimately was fired because yep. he was given so, – I mean, you're talking about six years of opportunities and data to look back on that he never truly got over the hump. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks. Like you said, I think Jimbo's a good dude, but I don't yeah. care about, you know, your, your personality doesn't win games, unfortunately. Helps, like, in recruit, helps in recruiting, but if you don't do anything with those recruits. Well, I'd say, well, Billy Kennedy was a good guy too, and they still cut him, you know? Yeah, one of the most fantastic people I've ever met in my life. Billy yeah. Kennedy is well, still and, a great dude. And Rob Childress, who is one of my all-time favorites. Just couldn't get over the hump. Couldn't get over the hump. And at, there are times where, if you want to advance your program, you have to make those hard decisions. So here we are. I was impressed with I was impressed with Ross just sitting out there. He's like, look, and he ate it. He was like, this is my decision. Yep. Like point blank. So I've I don't know. I I was talking with a friend of mine last night um about this. And uh yeah, I I like Ross Bjork as an AD. I think he's a good AD. I, I don't understand some of the hate sometimes. Um I mean, I know everybody wants to complain about the Jimbo extension, but are we sure that was just Ross? You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, once it, what happens behind closed doors, we have no idea. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're a region or you or you directly know a region who likes to you know brag about what they talked about in their meetings, you don't really know. Yep. Um, so I think we need to probably address the elephant in the room. Let's talk about who's 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 next, right? Yep. Who is next? That is the question. Uh, a lot of names being floating around, of course. Um, this and this is my opinion, but I'm going to say a couple things real go, quick. Go, go for it. First of all, stop talking about Campbell and Aaron Glenn. They're not leaving the Lions. No. They're not coming here. Stop. Stop it, stop it, stop it. There's a million reasons why NFL coaches don't like going to college. And not the least of which is that he's kind of got it. Dan Campbell's kind of got it humming up in Detroit right now. They're seven and two. Well, not even kind of humming. The entire city of Detroit is being reinvigorated by a team that has been underachieving for years with – a feel-good story from a guy like Dan Campbell, who is such a great guy, 
And he has really gotten this team rallied around him. And if you go back and watch the videos of the way he was talking to his team, even last year, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, hey, hey, that's one. Let's keep this thing rolling. All of a sudden, the players love him. The fans love him. And he's obviously has them winning, which winning cures a lot of illnesses amongst fan bases, of course. Look, and I, I love him too, but sure. at this point, I can't imagine a million years. Like, he's just not coming. I, I don't know that he'll ever end up in the college ranks, quite frankly. No. So, so those are completely off the list. Yeah, I think the next one. I think the next one you knock off the list is Dan uh, is Lanning. Yeah. He's going to be too expensive. We're not going to get into a bidding war. Billy, Billy Lucci already talked about it. Like, we're not going to go out and drop a billion dollars for a coach. No, which is why I think DeBoer over at Washington is probably off off the table too. I think he's also going to be too expensive. Sure, um, he's got things going, and people are willing to pay. Mm-hmm. So then you start getting into the realistic options, right? Well, uh, like the one name that's been floated around quite a bit, and I'm sure you've seen it everywhere, is Jeff Trailer over there at UTSA. Yeah, Trailer and Chadwell, or two, you know, Chadwell, you know, mm-hmm. between Liberty and Coastal, he's had a great record. You have Trailer, obviously, with his ties to Texas high school football. Yep. Um, you know, he's got UTSA, a not very good program doing good things. Um, so there's, I mean, there's a lot to like about those, but the first, the first person on my list, like at the very top of the list is Schumann at Georgia. Uh, and I could not agree with you more because one young guy too, I love the idea of us having an established, uh, head coach at our school that is very defensive heavy defensive focused and when you look at our historical national title or not not national title but you know historically good football teams that AM's had those coaches were defensive minded and they've maintained that i mean all throughout the years well i would I mean, be all about that your first argument in favor of it is uh kind of worked out with kirby smart yeah it didn't you know, hurt and now, and now this guy has has basically worked under kirby smart and nick saban so yeah. you love his pedigree. You obviously love what he's put out on the field at Georgia. Yeah. Um, and and he's a guy that you're not going to go out and pay nine million dollars a year for. Well, and you don't have to. I mean, especially at his age, and like this would be his first major head coaching gig. I mean, to to take basically go from Georgia as a DC, and then take over a big time college football program like AM. and yeah. Ooh, I mean, that is a recipe that I personally am a big fan of. And I agree with you there. Um, that's one guy that I definitely looked at. Um, and, and of course the name that everybody likes to float, um, Mike Elko. And I am not about it personally. I know I, we love the guy. He's a, he's a great guy. He was a lot of fun when he was here. I did a great job when he was here. I just, I just don't know if he's the head coach material we need here. Well, and I don't know that he'd even say yes. I mean, if you want to make yeah. a phone call and you want to interview him, that's fine. But I, I don't, Elko is not real high on my list as far as what would excite me. Honestly, the only one that would excite me straight up is Schumann. And that's um, fair. I, I could get behind that. That's That was a guy yeah. I remember, uh, I don't know, two, three weeks ago when the first rumblings were starting. That was a name that got floated. Yeah. And, when the, yeah. and I was like, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm totally down with Schumann. Um, that's he would probably be my first choice. I know that people are going to say Lanning and they're going to say DeBoer and they're going to say uh, I've seen Norvell from yeah. FSU floated around. Um, Have we learned our lesson about going to get Florida State coaches? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe this one. Barely not. Uh, well, but he's knocking on the door of the playoffs. Uh, True. Why would he go anywhere? Why? You know, Jim, yeah. Jimbo wasn't all right. Well, well, Jimbo and, had and, done things at Florida State, but he hadn't done stuff lately. Well, and when we were talking about those 15 to 18 programs, Florida State is one of them in mm-hmm. my head. You know, they have plenty of national titles. If you go back, obviously, I mean, but three total. It's a national start- brand. Yeah, they are a national brand. Uh, they have and they've been very good. They were more of a national brand than the Florida Gators, whether people like it or not, for a good chunk of the 90s there. Florida is unique in the sense that I think all three. Well, it's not really unique, but Florida, all three of their schools, I think, fall into that realm. Um, yeah because of Florida's success that they have had in the recent past, mm-hmm. you know, just like in the state of Texas, Texas and A&M are both that program. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, but you're not going to pull Norvell from FSU. There's, there's no way. No. And you're certainly, and, and if you are, you're going to have to money whip him. And I think it's been made moderately clear that we're not going to go out and money whip anybody, which is why I keep kind of circling back to Schumann. 
Yeah. Because I think you can, I mean, you're still going to pay him a hefty. I mean, look, he's, he's still going to be a head coach in an SEC school. So you're not going to pay him, you know, $500,000 contract within incentives. No, 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 no. You'll probably give him about, you know, whatever, 500 million, oh, like $5 million a year. I was going to say like four or five a year, maybe, yeah. a, you know, an incentive laced uh, contract. Yeah. Um, like, hey, get the bowl yeah. game, make the get playoff, the, beat Texas. Hey, can we whatever. start? Get, can we start with getting to Atlanta? Um, yeah. Great start. Well, and one name that that hasn't uh, I haven't heard floated yet, and um, and he's not currently coaching, but he's had recent success. He won a national championship at Wichita State, and that's Ted Lasso. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, he just got done with his little stint over there in the UK. Uh, I mean, turned around an incredibly great team in uh, Richmond. I mean, absolutely. well, and I feel like maybe the international coaching, you know, kind of adds to a re- as resume. So. Well, and yeah. uh, it, it, new styles, new new play calling. I mean, there's all kinds of things I think he can bring to the table. Plus, he's got an impeccable mustache. Well, that in of itself puts him at the top of the list. You know, I also <laughs> think, and I, I I just think it's part of doing your due diligence, and we'll see over the next couple of games. Not that you'll be able to glean a whole lot, but sure. I, th- I think you've got to, um, I think you've got to at least sit Elijah Robinson down and interview him. I am also very okay with that because yeah. everything I've heard from within the fan base and not just that, but also within the players, they love the guy. Yeah. And well, if they and play hard see, like, for him for three games and he looks good. I think he at least gets an interview. Um, At the end of the day, I wouldn't cry about it. I just, I don't, I just, I mean, we, that's, that's a whole different world though from Schumann. Yeah. Schumann's uh, is now an established coordinator. Right. And my, my issue with Robinson would be like, he's just not quite there yet. Um, you know, he Thank hasn't you. been, he hasn't even been a defensive coordinator yet. I, I, is that his trajectory? hundred percent. Sure. Um, yeah. but I, I'd be leery about hiring a position coach basically. And yeah. I know that he had that title of like associate head coach or whatever, but I, I, I would be very leery about it, but I mean, I know, I know the team's going to play hard, so I guess we'll just kind of see over the next couple of games in a, in a bowl game, but, uh, well, and, and the beauty of a situation like this is that the players then will do one of two things. Option A, you know, they just kind of quit and just let it go, whatever, with the rest of the season. Or they play for themselves, and they work hard, and they finish out strong. And you know what? If you can get this team, yeah, take care of Abilene Christian, sure. But go on the road and take care of LSU on the road, something – yeah, no, I mean it would certainly warrant a, a at least a conversation, but still, I yeah. as much as I love it, and I think it'd be a great feel good story. I'm also, I just don't think that's necessarily what's in our best interest. Uh, sure. I mean, that's somebody that you would absolutely kill to keep on staff. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I would love to keep him because on. not only playing for themselves, you're going to have dudes playing for him because they really like him. I mean, you, we've seen yeah. it out of recruits talking about I love a And M and I love Coach Robinson. So well, you know, my my commitment hasn't changed. Well, the guys that would play for Price, I mean Terry Price, for the yep. love of God, R.I.P. But you know, yeah. people love their coaches. They support so, their coaches. So Schumann's my take on it. Um, I'm, and I'm right Sh- there with you. Schumann would be if I were in charge. Well, and and because again, like I'm not going to go out and money whip anybody. No, <laughs> how'd that work out for us last time? It you know, did. At some, at some point, the boosters will be like, "Okay, no, I can't support this anymore. This is ridiculous." You know, it's, it's it's putting it's like putting money into a sinking business. That's literally what it is. Right. You know, he, so that's where I think Schumann is so attractive. One, because we've seen this literally work at the school he's at. We've yep. seen it literally work going from one division of the SEC to the other. Mm-hmm. So I I I would be more than intrigued by that hire. I I, I would love it. So really, for me, it's kind of Schumann. I you know after that I I, I just. Chadwell and trailer just wouldn't be hires that would move the needle for me. No, and I know there's not exactly home run hires, right? Exactly. I mean, right. it, would, it would be cool. Like I understand the love for trailer. I understand why it would be cool. Oh, this guy who's so plugged in with Texas high school football, somebody that has the pull in the area and somebody who really did take a UTSA program, which basically didn't exist and made it very good. In a short in short order with not a lot of resources. So, you know, it's like handing him the keys to the Cadillac and saying, all right, let's get down the road. It might do well, but that's a big fat question mark that doesn't have a lot of proven commodity behind it. That, well, and that's my concern, you know, and this is one where you don't have to go out and hire Dan Lanning, um, but 
there will be guys that if you hire, will keep a lot of this roster together. And there will be guys that will not keep this roster together. Yeah. And that's just those two guys. They, they concern me about that, but I think everybody on the planet would be wildly intrigued. if We went out, got Schumann. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you're talking about coming from a great coaching tree. Um, you're talking about having national championship experience and trophies and rings. I might add. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of my take on it just because where I think we're at, um, also again, money wise, like we're not going to go out and pay 10 million for a coach. And there's, and I'm sure that you could, it's not that we don't have the money, but man, what it would take to, to buy out Lanning, I think it's like mm-hmm. 20 million buyout plus whatever contract you're going to give him. Oh, and yeah. DeBear, I think, I, I think I'm saying that right. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think he's got a buyout too. And I just, Again, I'm I'm looking at it through the lens of we're not going to go out and, and give somebody $9 million a year. So then you have to look at what your realistic options are and what's going to move the needle. And for me, at the top of the list, it's human, just straight mm-hmm. up. Um, I mean, I guess Trailer and Chadwell, you could deal with it. Um, you know, if you like, if you can go get DeBear for, for cheap, which I would be shocked if you could, um, you know, I suppose that's an option. But that's why kind of with all the factors involved, that's like Schumann's my choice. Yeah, and I agree. And I really do hope that um... – he sees this as a great opportunity to take advantage of. And he comes rolling over here. And I wouldn't be opposed to that one little bit. Yeah, so. my only issue with with Elko would be, one, I mean, and I get that he's at Duke, so I know that he's dealing with a basketball school trying to make a good football program out of it. I right. get that. But for some reason, I just, I don't, I don't know if that splashes enough to me. But again, you know, what do I know? I was happy with the Jimbo hire, so. Yeah. But all right, so but we got a ton to talk about though outside of that. So this isn't mm. going to just be like a full sixty minutes talking about coaching searches. Oh, absolutely, I'll, absolutely, I'll get sick of it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So we can either talk about <clears throat> soccer oh, hoops or Premier League because uh, we got stuff to talk about in all three. Because Aggie Soccer's got got a match coming up on Friday, and it's a rematch against Florida State. Yes, it is. Uh, I would, yeah. Let's go ahead and go into that since we were on it. Uh, Florida State. Should be a fun game. Uh, that goal that we had against uh, Colorado, whoo, if you didn't see it. Yeah, that was – yeah, I mean, it made sports center top ten. It was a goofy goal. Don't get it me was. wrong. I mean, you caught, caught the keeper off the line. And it was honestly just a ricochet. Yeah. But, but if you watch that match, you know, after we kind of weathered the early storm with Colorado kind of assaulting the goal, um, mm-hmm. we just couldn't finish in front of goal. It, that, that easily could have been, you know, 3-0 on, yeah. you know, for us. So, um, even though the the – the goal itself looked very fluky. Um, I thought the results matched the performance. Yeah. I thought um, once you got, you know, once you kind of weathered the early storm in the first half, I thought A&M's control of the ball, um, just c- controlling possession, uh, and and really able to continue uh, drive forward while, um, you know, stopping any kind of massive breaks on a regular basis. I thought, you know, on the flip side of that, Colorado just couldn't stop us moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um and so now we get to rematch against FSU, and that was one of those early season, you know, super hard tests for um, for Aggie soccer that, that Coach G likes to schedule, and I, and I love them, and that's and, you know that's why I love those tests early on. Um, and so, mm-hmm. and you lost to Florida State in the 86th minute. I mean, that was that game was a one-one draw, and you, that was what number at the time they were top five. Well, yeah, and, and they're one seed right now in the tournament. So yeah, no, they're the they're one of the fav- obviously one of the favorites to win it all. So um, you'd love to be at Ellis, but oh, well, yeah, you would. But I mean, at the end of the day, um, when it comes to college soccer atmospheres, I mean, frankly, from what I've seen, not a lot beats Ellis. I don't know what Florida State's atmosphere looks like, but at the end of the day, go out there, play the best you possibly can, put in a good effort. And it's been good to see them coming back and looking a lot better than they had been in previous seasons. So, well, they're not going to be intimidated by an environment because nothing no. like, even though it's, even though it's the playoffs and, and they'll have more people there sure. because they play at home and they play in such a rowdy environment, they understand it. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, I'm, I'm just, I'm, that's not the part I'm concerned about. I'm no, concerned about the fact that you're playing a one seat. <laughs> you're very right. You're very right. But that's on Friday. It'll be on the ESPN plus network. So I'll be watching that. Yeah. Um, Flip back over to quite the uh, the weekend for our basketball teams. Yeah, um, no doubt about that. 
that uh that win at Ohio State I thought was such a good win. Ohio State had a down year last year, but you know, I, Ohio State basketball is still good. And apparently, I didn't know this really before. You know, before I was really watching the pregame for it, mm-hmm. Ohio State had a bunch of uh, injuries last year, and they just like they're playing with a depleted squad. And, and the guys they had hurt were big time players. They mm-hmm. were all playing when we played them. Um, but uh, you know, I thought. And that's another one where I thought Aiden really weathered an early storm, you know, throughout yeah. the first half. You know, you're able to go into the locker room with a lead. Uh, and so now you're on the road. And, and what was in, you know, Ohio State had a football game the next day. So they have plenty of people in town. That oh, arena yeah. seats almost 19,000 people. And I, don't, I mean, I doubt it was sold out. But uh, it was loud. And it was it was a hostile environment. Yeah. I mean, you had, you had 12,000 in the building for the game. Yeah. But, I mean, even with it being 12,000, that's – I mean, that's about Reed. I know Reed at peak is like technically 13,000. Yeah, that's a full Reed. Yeah, it's a full Reed. And they had a great crowd. They had great energy. But our boys were able to run through the storm. Uh, looks phenomenal. Um, you know, Radford got 21 points, which is always nice. As uh, and, and so did Wade, right? Well, I think what what we saw and. In- and right now we're really getting to see the, you know, this team without Julius Marble and, you know, you, you hope whatever's going on, you know, he can come back. I I, I will never speculate on what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, with a student athlete. Um, sure. It's none of my, none of my business, quite frankly. And if the program decides it's not our business, then it's not our business. Right. But in the absence of Julius Marble, you know, your thought is, man, I hope Henry Coleman could step up and man, did Henry Coleman step up. He had such a great game. Um, I I thought his persistence in the paint more than anything, because we were way outsized in the paint. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The the front court was a mismatch for us and not in a good way, but we were able to, uh, you know, it it just honestly, the way he did it was just persistence and grit Mm -hmm. because when you got a dude that's almost seven feet tall, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're six, eight and you feel small, you know, and it doesn't, not a lot of people can make a six, eight person feel small. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) So I, I loved it. I thought it was a great win. It's 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 a I'm assuming Ohio State it will kind of return to form this season from last year. Probably, um, it's yeah. a quad one win on the road. Yeah, which like, is uh Buzz's first. Yeah, for not for non-conference. Right. And and it's one of those where we've seen the selection committee and how much weight they put on those. Yep. So that's one of those where, you know, at this point, you know, how much are you rooting for Ohio State to play well this year? You know, you oh, got yeah. You got to hope that they can stay in that quad one uh, zone, but they should. They got to keep the big 10 rolling, baby. Oh, Ohio state was, was just barely sub 500 last year. And that for that, that that was an awful year for them. So you expect them to, you know, to, to step back up, especially with them having their players back, Uh, man, just, just an impressive game. Uh, Just a a huge win on the road for, you know, we're so used to preseason hype and then let down, um, yeah, and, and I and again, we don't know what Ohio State's going to be like, but you know, history shows us. Recent history shows us they're going to be good. Um, yeah. Probably going to be a tournament team. So I, I just thought I thought it was huge. I thought it was gritty. I thought they they worked like they just they worked through that win. It yeah. was so great to see that. Uh, and then we turned around on Sunday, um, and the ladies welcomed North Texas to town, and they kind of drub them, man. Nineteen point win. Uh, I, I, I've been banging this drum since last year. Mm-hmm. Joni Taylor is, is she's got the program going in the right direction. Just last year, she had like six players for like 10 games. Yeah. Um, and so basically playing like Iron Man basketball. Yeah. And I'm, um, you know, you're already off to a two no start. Uh, you do have an early test going on the road to Purdue. So another big 10 road trip. Um, don't know much about Purdue. Uh, kind of looking at their previous schedule. Um, okay. Not great. Yeah, well, again, and just get on the road, and you know, it's winning is contagious, and and I and I feel like, you know, because everything's there in Reed, you know, if they can both get winning, and and like I don't know if you saw any of the pictures or videos or anything coming up from the game yesterday, some of the men's teams guys were out like hanging out with the whole blue band and like mm-hmm. supporting the women play in yeah. North Texas, and so they've got a great bond, and you know, winning can be contagious, and if both programs kind of start putting their foot on the gas a little bit, like it'll be really interesting to see how both of them end up because I think. I well, I think maybe it's just me. I understand that Joni Taylor's in a bit of a rebuild and a kind of a restructure, especially coming off the last year. It's almost just like you almost have to flush last year, but you don't want to because they had some successful moments. Mm-hmm. Um, they just had to do it under a ridiculous amount of adversity. Right. Um, but you know, this year where Buzz is in the program, like this is the year where it, the foot does need to hit the pedal and needs to go all the way to the floor. It does. Um, uh, you were able to make the tournament last year, uh, unfortunately get bounced in the first round. 
And now the question is, all right, how do you respond? You've got all this preseason hype. You have what many people consider to be the best point guard in the country coming into this yep. season, you know, and generally best, best junior. Well, and you know, the door seems to be wide open for AM to win a regular season SEC title. So you might as well go there and take it. Go yeah. make it happen. Yeah. So it's um I think everybody's excited about what's going on over Reed, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for both programs. I'm excited for baseball. I'm excited for softball. I'm excited for a lot of things now. Even football, you know, it's like the doors open. It's a new era now. We can see something else happen, hopefully for the better. Yeah, it's that new coach smell, man. Every yes. everybody loves it. It's it's the the new hire, the coaching search. It's you know when you're coming off of something where you had to can your coach, you know you're looking for something positive, and and so you know the building and the speculation, all is it's like talking about preseason rankings in May. You know, like yeah, people will still do it. It's still exciting. Um, but unlike the preseason ranking, well, kind of like the preseason rankings, there will be a point where the rubber hits the road, and no matter who we hire, no matter who we hire, expect somebody to be pissed off. Oh yeah. Just, Why didn't she go after so and so? Well, come on, this guy's more of an Aggie than this guy. Like, there's there's so many Ags that they they are not happy unless they are absolutely miserable. And so you know, just kind of prepare yourself for that part of the coaching search is just the the vitriol being spewed back and forth between Aggies, which is insane to me. X um, is full of them. Huh? That's a Twitter is full of them. Yeah. Well, you got that right. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, I mean, there's, there's excitement with all our other programs because of their trajectory. And now there has been a little bit of life injected into the excitement level for Aggie football. One, I think everybody's interested to see Elijah Robinson coach, coach a couple games. Yeah, he's got, a, he's got a press conference. Like he's got to go do the head coach's press conference today. You know, that's just yep. part of it, man. You're head coach now. Yep. Um, go kill so it. It's, it I, it's exciting, man. I, everything seems to be on the up and up. I mean, even volleyball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally every program, every yeah, tennis program. and golf are just continuing, con, you know, continuing their, you know, their performance. Swimming dive good. beat Texas in a home meet, I think, for the first time in forever. Yeah, I mean, there's just that. so many great things going on around the athletic department. We're all just like, hey, football, get on board, yeah, get in, nerd, <laughs> like, like, figure yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah, just do your part, man. Um, exactly. It, but I, but I, so I think that's one of the things though that we can be really excited about. I agree. Is, is the trajectory we have of the basketball programs. If I mean, and again, there's a ton of sports at AM. And if you kind of look across the list, we're doing really well in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, baseball and I think softball, super exciting seasons to look forward to. And we'll get we'll do a breakdown as we get a little bit closer. But I oh, haven't yeah. bought my turkey, so we ain't talking baseball yet. No. Uh, but uh I love baseball, but, but yeah, man, and then the, and then the season, you know, the first first season that um that volleyball had. So so I think there's there's a ton of excitement. Um, it's just, it's the, you know, the, the big one, the, the big elephant in the room is the one that we want everyone to get figured out. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure, um, you know, you're not, pro- I mean, I don't see a world where you make the move and make that move on Thursday. If you didn't already have your guy in mind at least, or had some kind of handshake or some kind know. of talk. I have no what? idea. I truly don't know. See, the other other part of that to me is, um, like, if it's going to be bad in three weeks, then it's bad. Like, if it's still going to be bad in three weeks, that means it's bad now. So just do the inevitable and fire the guy, right? Right. And maybe it may be part of that. Well, that was part of it. Maybe the other part is let's be first at the table. There might be some jobs that pop open this year, and yeah. you know, let's get our feelers out there first. So maybe, me, maybe. If nothing else, they better have a list, right? At any given time, you always have a list in your, you know, in your drawer of coaches and the, yeah, that whole thing. It's like if you if a coordinator leaves, you should have a list of coordinators that you already know that you would like to go after. Like Ross Bjork wakes up, takes a stretch, logs into Good Bull Hunting to figure out what the heck their little list looks like. And be like, oh hey, that's actually not a bad idea. Maybe you should call him. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they actually have a list. There's no doubt. They they are way more in-depth with this crap than any of us fans could possibly be. That's their job. Yeah, that's what well, they get paid to do. That's the reality of their job, quite yeah. frankly. So, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, the names we talked about, I'm sure, are names on the list. Um, no doubt. So, it, I just, 
you know, and the only thing I don't like in, in, in today's day and age is just the inability of secrets. Like it's just impossible for anything to happen anymore no. um, without anybody running and tattling. So yeah. Jimbo's getting fired. Just so y'all know, Jimbo's getting fired. Get ready. Well, that had to happen the way it happened. That there's there's a lot back and forth about that, how that had to happen. But quite frankly, it was either, either what yeah. what have we talked what have we talked about on this podcast for weeks and weeks and weeks? Pulling off the band-aid, right? Yeah. I That's mean, essentially what as, happened. If, if it came as a complete shock to you, I don't know where you've been. If the timing of it caught you off guard, that's fair. Look, um, wait, I, I, there, it, it feels a little funky to can a guy after he wins a game by, what, 41 points? Nah. But... No. No, it doesn't at all. You know why? <laughs> because that decision was made no matter how the result was going to be. Exactly. You're right. And – and I think there's a there's got to be a thought process of like if we don't do it now and he accidentally wins out, I mean, yikes, right? Yeah, we we definitely didn't need to do that. In fact, that was a uh, a funny that the fine folks over at uh, Barstool Mississippi State posted. They said, "Congratulations, Jimbo, we saved your job for another year." Quote tw- quote tweeted him that next morning. Said, "Man, talk about your all time backfires." Yeah, yeah, you couldn't even win that one. Uh-huh. Nope. I mean, think about this. How low must you feel as a program? Like, hey, you're going to get trounced by 41, and they're still going to fire that coach. Mississippi State, well, where do you feel? But, you know, and, and quite frankly, Mississippi State's no different than we were when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand their logic, but if their logic was this isn't going to get any better, then you may as well do it, right? Right, exactly. Now, I don't approve of their logic because you didn't even give the guy a season. Yeah, in that case, I don't necessarily agree. You had him for one year. I mean, not even a year. You know? Yeah, not not even a year. Not even a year. No. So, uh, so that's yeah. I, I'll I'll never understand their logic on that one. No. But um, but under the under the same vein of just rip the bandaid off, I get it. Oh yeah. So one other subject I definitely wanted to hit on that we were talking about uh, was uh, EPL. Oh yeah. Because yes, there was there were some fun games yesterday. Uh yeah, there were some kind of wonker games yesterday. Like yeah. that uh the eight the eight match uh, goal between Chelsea and Man or uh eight goal match between Chelsea and City was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um but for anybody that's not a Chelsea or a City fan, it was wildly entertaining. Oh, popcorn was being eight, I promise. Well, and what's funny is if you're a Chelsea fan, you're like, hey, we got a point out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true because because chelsea is struggling man yeah i mean they're sitting at 16 points they're behind west ham in the standings at the moment uh tied with brentford yeah um, but but when you're going to play city do you expect a point not generally not generally um and so even though they gave up four goals they're probably thrilled oh yeah no i mean anytime you can it's yeah, you gave up four goals, but you also scored four goals, which is, you know, take the positives with the negatives. Right? Yeah, you gotta be like, yeah. well, we gave up four goals, but we did get a point. But we did get a point. <clears throat> well, and they've been struggling, so you know, and sometimes they, a point mm-hmm. against City can go a long way for you mentally. Well, and it certainly didn't make me cry because that allowed Liverpool to pull within one point, along with Arsenal, just shy of the top of the table at the moment. As we get set to go to City next week, so or the next uh, match, next week because yeah, it's international break now. Exactly. Which, man, I love Premier League. I hate international break. Yeah, I mean, don't Depressing. get me wrong. And I, I like supporting U.S. soccer. We do talk a bit of soccer, no, absolutely, of course. But at the end of the day, it's like the friendlies are just that. It's like it's a fun little exercise. Doesn't mean much. I want Premier League. I want to see Championship League. I want to see Europa. I want to see Europa Conference League. Throw an FA Cup in Carabao. Now you're also adding international breaks. Like, dude, let the U20, like the the U23s play the international friendlies. Why not? Let them go. Like these develop young talent, man. Yeah. What a thought. What a thought. An American Soccer Academy. Um, (sighs) Yeah, the West Ham match was a ton of fun. Uh, yeah, I uh, got up early, like early, early, um, third minute. It's just kind of a, a donk, but uh, mm-hmm. Brentford fights back to go to two one, and then, um, then Jared Bowen is inevitable. Um, yeah, that guy's <laughs> just playing out of his mind. James Ward Prowse is playing great too. 
Um, he's, I, you know, obviously right now looking like, like the signing of the season um, mm-hmm. is like nine assists in 15 matches or something like that. I don't know. He's just, he's rocking. He's doing what James Ward-Prowse does. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, we're top half of the table and, and it was a, a welcome win after what I would call a, uh, a rough patch. We kind of look like duty. We go and play, you know, Europa and win and then come play premier league and lose. And like, and I, and I want hardware and I get that, but can we just win both? Um, <laughs> seriously, yeah, I went and played at Olympiacos and looked like doo doo. Then we mm. turn around and get them in London Stadium and win. So, I, I do love all those. Though. I tell you, that's one of my favorite things about Premier League is it's not just Premier League. You got Carabao, FA, like you got, uh, you know, Europa Europa. Conference, Europa Champions. Like, I love all that stuff. Yeah. And I know it's a bear on the players once, you know, it's. <laughs> what was it? Was it Pep or Klopp complaining about how many matches there were? I'm it like, was, it, it was Pep. It's, I'm like, that's because you're in every competition because you're really good. So it's like, yeah, that's the pain of your success. I bet you'll make it happen, though. Well, and see, at the end of the day, when you're at a point like you know, when you look at like a city, for example, or if you look at a Real Madrid or a city, yeah, city. or, or um, you know, you go down any of the major clubs, they're all going to be in every single stinking competition. So, of course, you're going to be tired. You know, but here's why. But here's why nobody wants to hear the complaints. Look at your bench. Your bench could probably stay up in the Premier League. Just your bench. Oh, City's bench easy. Could could. I mean, they'd probably be top half of the table if we're yep. being honest. I mean, City, City. They have funneled so much money. You know, these oil Saudis have funneled so much money into this thing. <laughs> I mean, they're buying just whoever they want. It's like, oh, hey, you're the best striker in the world. Come here. I know they're coming after Luis Paqueta again. I'm like, man, it's just, and I'll tell you what, what's frustrating though, from a outside of city, pretty much kind of perspective. Yeah. Like there's so many good players that we don't get to watch because they're sitting on the bench for city. Exactly. Well, like it, it, could- here's an example. Look at Texas football back in the sixties. Literally what well, Texas football there were no would- limits. Well, no, no limits. They would just throw scholarships at kids and say, hey, come here, don't play elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And they would just have a loaded sideline, a bunch of guys winning national titles, but not playing. You, you know who I would love to see more in the Premier League is Phil Foden. Yeah. I love watching Foden play. You know yeah. what? As, as, as punchable as he can be, after I found out his whole charitable work, I have a different, I have a different perspective of Jack Grealish. I'd like to see him play more. Yeah, you just think about the players that are on their bench, and you're just like, man, they need to be peppered. Like, and it's whatever, dude. <laughs> the whole financial fair play stuff is complete crap, and you know it's crap because of who's getting trouble for it and who's not. Right, exactly. Like, you want to talk about a bias league, and everybody, boy, college football fans don't know the half. Oh, no, last word the SEC, bro. You have no idea what bias in sports looks like. Not at all. The, the Premier League is bad about it. It well, is. Well, the Premier League's bad about it. And when they talked about that Super League there for a while, Ugh. ooh, I didn't, even as a Liverpool fan, that was one thing I did not care for. So I didn't like football. that. Yeah, it would have been bad. It would have been horrible. It would have been like, honestly, you know, for all you college football guys, like, hey, let's take Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Let's take Alabama. Florida State. Alabama, Clemson, let's take A&M, Georgia. We're going to take Texas. We're going to take Oklahoma. We're going to take USC, I guess, Oregon, maybe Washington. They're all going to go be in their own league. The rest of you guys can go fuck off. Bye. Yeah, like they're they're not even playing the same bowl games. Like we've now just completely separated them out of college college football because because we want to make more money. And that's all it came down to. That's all ever was about. And that's, that's where all the, that's where you're going to get all the complaints out of English football fans. Anyways, is the financial fair play thing has always been a ton of garbage. Yeah. And, and it's just straight up your big six clubs that do it. Don't get in trouble. And smaller clubs do it. And they get slammed to the wall for it. Talking about docking Everton, like a dozen points. They're going to be in the negative guy. Yeah. Poor Everton. I'll also screw them. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> well, but then, but then you also see like the stuff with Chelsea. They're not, dude, nothing's going to come of it. No, you can't tell me that the money that City spent is above board. No, so it's just it's frustrating from a I'm not City kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like the big six, like if you're not a, a big six like fan yeah. or supporter, it, it really rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, and and it, and it is tough. Um, 
Well, it, it is, especially as an American sports fan, because we are subject to these salary caps. Right. And you, but you know what our, our leagues do? They follow the salary caps. I mean, there's some moving stuff around. They kind of get around some stuff. But, man, that yeah. drives me batty. But wait, but you know what? West Ham's top, top, top of the table or top half of the table right now, which yeah. – you know, if I can just see the trajectory, even at you know at a forty-five degree angle, I would take that. You know, I'd love to be able to, to you know, I'd always love to be able to get Champions League, but I think realistically, you know, finish top eight. Um, uh, I think winning, I think winning Europa is still on the table because just because yeah. of how good we are in Europe. Sure, and Europe has been very beneficial to West Ham. Um, yeah, obviously, if you look at Liverpool's history, Liverpool's been very good in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go across the, you know, there's. It's a fun time. There's a lot of fun sports going on. Yeah, the know? only thing I'm complaining about is the international break. Like, if that's exactly. my one complaint, I guess I don't have it that bad. Exactly. Um, I do. I, I tell you what, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, uh, and I, he engaged me about it, um, uh, but I, I couldn't do it yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about, uh, I don't I don't know if you saw him. He was hanging out and watching the match at, like, Brookshire's, maybe? Brookshire Brothers? Mm. Did you see Out, that? Outdoors stage 12? Out, well, out over there. I guess he was inside and, and like he was there in the morning and he was there early morning for a match and he had like a flight of beer and some breakfast food. Hmm. So Brookshire brothers, maybe a, a thing we have to go check out for, uh, and because again, you know, premier league matches, they start six, six 30 in the morning for us mm-hmm. and there's nothing's open that early. And I don't blame them for not being open that early, but if there was a place that, you know, premier league fans here in, in BCS could get together and watch it, like we might have to give that a shot kind of thing. See, back in the day, uh, and some of y'all listening might remember, uh, one of the things we used to do was meet up at the corner. Back corner. when they had, when they had the old ownership, they would open bright and early. Uh, they wouldn't be serving food or anything, but they would say, "You can bring whatever you want to bring in. We're going to put the game on, and yeah, you know, put all the games on really." And that was a ton of fun. I got to see Liverpool's uh, titled hopes slip away in 2014. Uh, literally, thanks, Gerard. Love that for you. <laughs> not to watch that live at well, that bar but apparently like they have beer and food so we might have to go check that so any of the premier league fans that are in bcs area um yeah we'll give it a look for sure i definitely want to check it out yeah i mean he took a picture you're sitting there and like game was on you know match was on the tv he had <laughs> a beer flight in front of him and what looked to be i think a breakfast taco i i don't think you could beat that for texas and footy in the morning well and that's the other thing is as college football winds down, you know, that frees up some weekends too. You know? Yeah, well, the, that is the beauty of that is the beauty of the Premier League. It's going to run from August and it's going to run to May. You know, it's going to be that all year, all year. So go check it out if you don't. Well, get the it. best part is, you know, when the Ags are over at Davis Diamond or they're over at Olson, they're not playing at nine in the morning. So you can go to Brookshire's, go have a couple beers, watch some matches, and then walk across the street and hit the diamond. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's like diamonds, diamonds, plural. Yeah. But that's, that'd be a lot of fun. So yeah. I think that'd be cool. I definitely think we should check it out if they get, uh, if I do start getting some off weekends, which those are coming here in December. I was going to say they should, I, I would think they'd start showing up about when we get back from the stinking international break. Yeah. So no, they're not mad about that. Yeah. No. So, uh, I, upcoming, uh, yes. I will say going into the international break with a win feels a lot better than going into it with a loss always. And we, we won't complain about that either. So fun times. It was real good weekend for soccer on that front. That was a lot of fun to keep up with, but, um, yes. as far as, uh, upcoming, uh, things going on this week, me and my boys are hitting the road, uh, actually going to the studio this week. Oh, nice. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, so heading out tomorrow. We're going to go hit the studio over there in uh, Dripping Springs, um, Western Wind Studios. The great guys out there, great engineers. Um, but we've worked with them on two of the new singles already. Uh, so we're going to record two this time around. Uh, and then we are pretty much leaving out from there and starting to shoot back uh, east. We're going to play in Nacogdoches on Thursday, Benita Creek Hall. Uh, Friday will be in... up there last week. That's right. And you guys uh, eating at Brendan's? Uh, we're probably going to end up at um, Spring Creek because they always uh, they always uh, provide food for us over there. Okay, which is really cool uh, of them to do so. But we're going to go out there, uh, Stephenville Friday, 
over there at Twisted J. And we're wrapping up with Stony LaRue over at uh four way uh was it yeah, four way stop bar and grill, whatever. It's over there in uh, Lake Hills, Texas, over there on the northwest side of San Antonio. So so not quite a hall like uh Wyoming. No, thank goodness. <laughs> and uh well, and the thing is though, that next week after me, after that for me, I am going all the way to New Mexico for Thanksgiving. And then I'm driving all the way back down here to hop on the bus to go to Oklahoma City. Dude, where has this month gone? Seriously. It has blown by and it's just been an absolutely crazy month. Uh, we're we're for... literally almost halfway through November. Where the, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. By the way, I hope everybody had an incredibly fun and safe Veterans Day weekend. Um, yes, absolutely. And thank you all for all y'all service out there that mm-hmm. who are either serving or did serve. Um, I got to uh, got to replace. I got to retire my flag and replace my flag of the house um, mm-hmm. this weekend. So awesome. had a good weekend. Yeah, uh, ended up being a good weekend uh, when it was all said and done. It was yeah, just. <laughs> Tire be damned. Tire be damned. I mean, I'll be honest. This is the weekend that's going to go down as, oh, yeah, that weekend for this band. We'll be honest. Because it starts off with Carson driving up and having to stop the bus in Hempstead because the starter was having an issue. So he drops the trailer, throws it on his truck, drives up to Call Station to pick us up. We take two vehicles to the colony. We come back down. Travis starts having issues with his car because his alternator, which he just got brand new, is not working. I had to replace a headlight. It's just this is the weekend from hell this past weekend. And yet (laughs) we have struggled through it, but we got through it. And that's all I can say. This too shall pass, right? This too shall pass. You know, what is it? Uh, oh, it, yeah. God gives his strongest warriors the toughest battles. It's like, please stop. Yeah, please. <laughs> please stop. I'm on the ground. I'm getting kicked. Leave me alone. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, and the Jingle Ball market was a was a raging success. We um Good. we set records for attendance and uh and money raised for our charity for the bee community. Mm-hmm. So um I went out there and blew a bunch of money too because I love some of the vendors out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that what that does mean is I have started my Christmas shopping. Yeah, that's very. That's disturbing for me. That is, yeah, you know, like my general rule is it, it's always Black Friday. I mean, for me, I am full on go ham Christmas right at the start of Black Friday. By all yeah, means, I don't, I don't, I don't have any time on Black Friday because Black Friday we wake up, get everything down. The so Black Friday is put up the house day, right? But now this this is just a one-off because of when we hold it during the year. But there's some vendors on there that uh, I love getting stuff from. And this year I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to get some stuff from my folks too. That I'm, not, I'm sure they'll like it. I like it, so I'm sure they will. Mm-hmm. But the other exciting thing I will say, um, although this may be the kind of weekend where some people put their uh, Christmas tree on the curb, I suppose. Uh, Got uh, I, I bought a new Christmas tree. So it's a big, you know, this is a life thing for me because I've been holding on to this thing for way too long. I've had this tree since... Gosh, 06. Wow. So, yeah, my Christmas tree that I currently have is almost old enough to drink. So, um, it was, yeah, it was probably time to go. So, but very exciting. It's being delivered today. So, as much as I am trying to avoid Christmas before Thanksgiving, um, that's the I, joys. That's the joys of getting older, right? It's like, ah, I got my new Christmas tree coming in today. Let's oh, go. It's, it's the little things, man. And oh, I don't know what's going on with this controversy, not con- it's a conspiracy. Well, I know exactly what's going on. I know why. Go to the store. I went 0 for 5 last week going to stores, stores, plural, looking for a tree that wasn't pre-lit. Hmm. I want to put lights on my own tree. And the reason you guys are selling pre-lit trees is so every three years when the lights break, I have to buy a new one. I'm up to your game. I see you. Christmas tree conspiracy. <laughs> I just want to light my own tree. They, they never put enough lights on those anyways. No, you're right. Um, I, I prefer lighting my own trees too. But um, uh, yeah, we've had Bunch of Christmas tree commies. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> man. Right. You know, we totally whiffed on something. We didn't even get a chance to discuss this incredibly good football game coming up with Abilene Christian. What's ever going to happen? Uh, assuming there's a line we'll cover. Oh, by the way, <laughs> there is you no have line. To say though, it was a ton of fun to watch our offense play like that. 
And even though like all of us are sick about having sick of watching a second, third string quarterback on a regular basis. Holy Mm. crap. That kid was fun to watch. He was fun to watch. And you know what? Good on him. This, you got an opportunity and you dropped, well, no, not individually, but we as a team dropped 51 points on that team. We haven't done that to Mississippi state since Johnny. Well, and, and what did it look like they finally did on offense? They let it rip. They let it rip. The thing we've been saying for freaking weeks, let it rip. Yeah, despite what the outcome was for our coach after that game, that was a ton of fun. Hey, you know, it was fun and, to watch. Hey, and you know what? If that is that was Jimbo Fisher's swan song for College Station and A&M. So be it. So be it. That was a good game to go out on, and we're proud of hey, that. Look, we, I think String put this out on Twitter, like, look, we had some great times, had some really great memories, uh, you know, with, with Jimbo as our head coach, you know, the orange bowl, um, you yep. know, the seven overtime game against LSU. You know, we had, the walk off field goal with Alabama beating Alabama. Yeah. Showing that we yep. show the world, we can beat Alabama without Johnny, you know? Yep. Um, so th- there's been some great times, but it's just, it just wasn't enough again, just didn't get over the hump, but I hope he finds a way to enjoy 70, some million dollars. Enjoy that bourbon, sir. Enjoy your best, ranch. Best job on the planet to fire an AM coach. Amen to that. So we got to stop that trend. <laughs> well, yeah. Ho- hopefully, the next guy. Uh, hopefully, we have him for like 30 years and he wins like 15 national titles and is just sitting there just doing this number the whole time. We need to, but, fi- we need to find our saving. Yes, we do. Ha- we do need to find our saving and we need to find a Mesa. Uh, so let's see how that all pans out. But yeah, if you haven't already, follow us on all of our socials. Uh, we have Roy May 15 on Twitter and Rob the Slapper on Twitter. We're both on Instagram as well. Uh, be sure to follow the Red Ass Podcast on both. We will be posting links for everything. Be sure to go check it out. We do appreciate you guys jumping in and, on this podcast. And, and yes, YouTube, Riz Real Estate and Ramblings at Triple yes. R. Triple R. Um, as always, I'll be coming out with a Monday market update. Our Friday episodes for a couple of weeks, we had a video corruption card, but so it'll be audio, but we'll still be putting out our Friday stuff, <clears throat> our Ribs Real Estate and Ramblings episodes on Fridays as well. So don't forget to tune in and subscribe to that one as well. Mm. And special shout out to CH Lone Star Promo today. They are my dudes that I do a lot of work with and I love them. They're great. Nice. So uh, you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Gigum. We're, we're just normal men. We are just innocent men. Have a great podcast. All right. <laughs> okay.